All right, well, welcome to Wednesday night. We just had our prayer time. We'll have a short Bible study. Uh, looking at prayer tonight, we're going to be in Luke chapter 11. Uh, Luke chapter 11. And we're going to look at the model prayer that Christ gives us here and uh, what it means. Um, the Lord, as he's praying, is asked by his disciples to teach them to pray. And Jesus gives them this model prayer that we find here in Luke chapter 11. Um, we find it again in Matthew chapter 6 as he's uh, come in off of the Sea of Galilee uh, from teaching. He goes through some other lessons with the disciples and, and gives them this prayer again. Um, but this prayer has been taken and it's been twisted uh, by many of the false religions and uh, they use it as a almost a chant it is taught and repeated over and over and over again and that's not what what Christ had in mind ever uh, Matthew 6 um, verses 5 through 8 show us uh, exactly what Christ thinks of this and this is still the introduction but uh, Matthew 6 and verse number 5 says and when thou prayest thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men verily I say unto you they have their reward but thou when thou prayest enter into thy closet and when thou hast shut thy door pray to thy father which is in secret and thy father which is which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly but when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. And then if you go back to the Old Testament, you see uh, the story of Elijah. and uh, or Elijah. Either Elijah or Elisha. Uh, and the, the 450 prophets of Baal. And uh, with um, Ahab and Jezebel. And when you read what the prophets did, the prophets of Baal did, and the other 450 prophets, uh, as they're calling on Baal uh, to uh, a false god, they're, they're dancing and cutting themselves and chanting and over and over and over again, saying the same things, and Baal's not answering. And uh, Elijah comes in and just has to ask once, and God answers. And um, we know that uh, there are several different answers to prayer. There's no, there's yes, and then there's wait. Uh, so sometimes we know we have to continue to pray, but it shouldn't be a chant. Uh, when, when uh, As what they've done with the Lord's Prayer here is, is they've taken it in and it loses all of its meaning. Um, what Christ intended for this to be was a template uh, for how to properly pray to God and to worship Him. So let's take a look at it. Luke chapter 11, uh, verse number 1 says, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
And that should sound familiar, but that's what is just repeated over and over again in most churches. I learned it as a young man, as a, as a child in the Methodist church. Um, memorize this and say it. And this is, uh, you can ask just about anybody on the street and they're going to know the Lord's Prayer. But really what this is, is a recipe. It is a, a guide for us on how to pray. And the first thing we see is we, we see adoration. We understand uh, through this who God is. So in Psalm 29... Verses 1 and 2. The Bible gives us, uh, David gives us a little bit. Uh, says, Psalm 29 and verse number 1 says, Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the, give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. So the glory due unto his name. The Lord starts his model prayer with our Father, showing the relationship that is required. Uh, the Lord does not hear prayers from the unsaved. We find that in John verses no, chapter 9, verse 30 and 34. John chapter 9 and verse number 30 says, The man answered and said unto them, why herein is a marvelous thing that ye know not from whence he is, and yet he hath opened mine eyes. Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. This is the man that Christ had, had spit on the ground and made clay and, and healed him of his blindness. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees are trying to figure out who it was, and they bring in his parents, and his parents say, He's of age, ask him. Uh, you know, he was born blind. We know he was born blind. How he sees, we know not. He's of age. Ask him. Um, but we see here that he knows that God doesn't answer sinners. Those that are not his children don't get the same attention that those that are his children. Just like my kids coming to me will get a whole lot different answer than somebody else's kids coming to me. Um, I will do things for my children that I will never do for anybody else just because they're my children. Um, the only reason that the Lord hears prayers when you pray for salvation is because um, the voice uh, in the prayer, the prayer is an expression of what has already happened in your heart. Uh, this is where repentance comes in. Repentance is turning from your sin and turning towards God and that brings you into God's family and allows him to hear your prayers. Um, repentance is a mandatory part of salvation. If you don't understand who you are, uh, the fact that you're an evil, wicked sinner, then you can never understand your true need for salvation and never truly seek God's gift of salvation. Um, so it's that repentance that drives you to seek God, and that's what brings you into God's family. The prayer, the words that you say, have nothing to do uh, with your salvation. It's the heart attitude uh, that brings you into God's family. So for this, we go to Romans 10. Romans 10 and verse number... Um, we'll start in verse number 9. It says, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus... And shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. 
verse 10, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. With the heart man believes, and then it's confessed with the mouth. It's the, the confession, the prayer, is an, a showing, just like baptism is a picture of Christ's death, burial, and, burial, and resurrection, and it identifies you with the doctrine of salvation and the doctrine of the church that's baptizing you. Uh, it's just an outward show. It has nothing to do with your salvation. It's just an identifying mark, and that's what that prayer is. So our prayers should start with adoration to God. It should give Him the honor and glory that is due to His name as our Father, as we are His children. And then it should continue in the beauty of His holiness. We find that in Psalm number 29 again. Uh, so Christ continues with, Hallowed be thy name. This is, uh, this is the Abba Father, the Holy One of Israel, the Creator of all that is. God is pure and perfect. Um, and we need to understand and show reverence for that. We need to know uh, His omniscience, His omnipotence, and His um, omnipresence. We need to show His long-suffering. We need to understand His love for us. And we need to show Him gratitude for that. Um, the majority of people in this world respect their earthly fathers, at least when they're young. Uh, we, start with, we start out as little kids. Our dads are superheroes. And then as we get a little older, generally as boys get a little older, they tend to start thinking like their dads and they tend to start thinking they know more than their dads and they tend to start butting heads. But then when they become men and they start to have families of their own, they really truly understand just what their fathers did for them and how wise their fathers really were. And they begin to show them that respect that is due to them. Again, um, ladies, they always tend to uh, have respect for their dads if their dads are present. Um, of course, we know that there are the exceptions to the rule that the dads are not present. And unfortunately, that's becoming more and more prevalent uh, rather than being the exception. But um, we must understand that this same instance about God, except that he is infinitely more holy and wise than we could ever imagine. Uh, so we need to show him that reverence. Uh, Psalm 96.9. I've got a bunch of verses listed. I'm not going to go through all of them, and I don't have them on your handout. But <sighs> Psalm 96 and verse number 9. says, O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. Uh, Psalm 111. One hundred eleven and verse ten says, "The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do His commandments. His praise endureth forever." Uh, Psalm ninety nine five. Psalm 99.5 says, Exalt ye the Lord our God and worship at his footstool, for he is holy. Um, another reference is Luke 1.49 and another one is Revelation 3.7. The next thing we see in the Lord's Prayer in Luke chapter 11 and verses 1 through 4 is we see confession. Um, Luke 
uh, in verse number four. And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. Notice that indebtedness to us, indebtedness and sin are on the same level. They're, they're mentioned in the same sentence. Um, just an interesting side note there. But, uh, and then it says, And lead us not into, te- into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Um, we need to understand that uh, while we are saved, while Christ has paid for our sins, we are still human. We still have uh, our human nature that we were born with. Um, Psalm 32 The book of Psalms is full of praise and uh, prayer to God. Psalm 32 and verses 1 through 6. This is a psalm of David. Uh, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and is in whose spirit there is no guile. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer, Selah. I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin, Selah. For this shall every one that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found, surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. Blessed forgiveness, uh, we see in Psalm 32. John 3, uh, verses 17 through 21, we just went through that on, uh, on Sunday night, uh, a couple Sundays ago, is why Christ came to this earth. Uh, verse number 17, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Verse 19 is the charge of condemnation, is is what is the charges that are brought against the condemned. Uh, And this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. Um, Verses 19 19 through 21, I guess I should have continued. Uh, for every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Uh, so verses 19 through 21 uh, are that sentence, what the charges that are brought against us. Um, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Uh, we are naturally a sinful creature. This first nature comes from Adam, and it does not just disappear when we get saved. Um, this means that we'll continue to sin even after salvation, and it separates us, that sin separates us from God just as disobedience separates us from our earthly fathers. Um, we are still their children, but the relationship is strained or non existent. And then we see a faithful God. Praise the Lord that our Heavenly Father is faithful, uh, even more so than our earthly fathers. Our earthly fathers are human and and make mistakes and sometimes they leave and they run away Um, but while we stray and run away from God he is diligently looking uh, for our return and we see the the picture of this in um, I think it's Luke 15 
Yes. In Luke 15, uh, verses 11 through 32, this is the story of the prodigal son. Uh, the young man that, that came uh, and said, you know, give me my inheritance. Uh, we'll start in verse number 11. And he said, and he said, this is Christ, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided, divided unto them his living. Notice that it says them there. That's just a... Side note, I've got that underlined in my Bible, but notice that it says, and he divided unto them his living. Uh, and not many days after, the youngest younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. The father uh, was seeking the son. Even though the son uh, had broken his fellowship with the father, he had disobeyed, he had been he basically told his father to die, and uh, I want what's mine when you die, so go ahead and die and give me what's what I deserve. And he went and wasted it, and uh, um, then when he came to himself, he returned thinking that he was going to have to uh, crawl his way back in, and the father was there to meet him, looking for him, diligently seeking, waiting for that that uh, relationship to be restored. Um, so we see here that God is faithful. And praise the Lord for that. He is faithful to love us even when we are unlovable. And First um, John 1, 9. Uh, going the wrong way. First John 1, 9. What? Do you Go ahead. Why can I not? There it is. <laughs> yeah. First John 1 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse number 10. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Uh, God is not a, a liar. Uh, God cannot tell a lie, but we uh, still make him out to be that. Um, the next thing that Christ points out to us in Luke chapter 11, or another thing that he points out to us, is, is that this is a prayer, uh, our prayer should include thanksgiving. Um, 
sorry, that's not in here. But our prayers should include thanksgiving. It should include praise. Um, this is part of uh, knowing and understanding who God is and, and uh, seeking what he has for us. Uh, Psalm 26, 7 Psalm 26 and verse number 7 says, That I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. And then Psalm 100. Psalm 100 says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. We must show God praise, and be thankful for what he's done. Um, Philippians 4.4 4. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Philippians 4.4 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And rejoice in what God has done for us. Uh, praise Him for what He's done. Thank Him for the blessings. Yeah. For the hard times too. You know, Romans 8.28 says, For all things work together for good to them that know God, to them that are the called according to his purpose. Um, all things, the good and the bad, God uses them all to work for good, and <coughs> we need to seek his face and, and praise him for it. And then we need to, we can add our supplications in there. Um, uh, verse number three of John or Luke chapter 11, verse number three says, give us day by day our daily bread, um, asking God for what we need. Uh, the Bible tells us in... Philippians 4, again, verse 4, uh, continue that thought, shouldn't be left there. Uh, starting at verse 4, says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men, the Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known be known, be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And then uh, James five sixteen. James five and verse number sixteen says, "Confess your faults one to another." Notice it doesn't say sins; it says faults. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Effectual is having an effect. Uh, Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8. Kind of all over the place, all over the place tonight, but that's all right. It's better that the Bible says it than I say it. So Matthew 7. And verse number 7 says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. There's a cause and an effect. 
we seek what we, we ask for what we need and God provides it. Um, God knows what we need ahead of time, but he wants us to come and ask for it. He wants us to know and understand our need for him. Um, fervency is best seen in, uh, again in Luke chapter 11. Um, as we continue on, uh, Luke chapter 11 and verse number 5 says, And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend and shall go in, go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give them because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, uh, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. Um, it continues with the story, but basically Christ is saying, uh, because of his urgent, because of your urgentness in seeking what you need and, and the idea that you're not going to leave him alone until you get it, uh, that fervent prayer is going to get, what, get you what you need. Now, we have to understand that prayer is not to change the mind of God or to bend him to our will. The prayers that God wants to answer are the prayers that come from a heart that has that relationship with him that knows and understands what he desires from us and for us to be able to serve in that capacity. Um, we also need to understand that our prayers shouldn't just be for us. They should mostly be for others. We saw that in James 5.16. And then what's left, not to say that we shouldn't pray for ourselves, but uh, if you want to have true joy, you need to seek the betterment of others and seek God's power through you, and you will see true joy. Um, we have so much worry in our lives, and this is not the way it's supposed to be. We're supposed to be a people full of joy, not a people full of care. Um, and I, I think I've said it before, but joy is an acronym for the recipe for joy in your life. It stands for Jesus, then others, and then yourself. In everything we do, if we serve God, if we serve Jesus and live the way he desires from us, then it will trans, trans, transition or trickle down and we will serve others and be a blessing in the way that God desires us to be. And then we won't have to worry about ourselves because then those around us are doing the same thing. It's, it's, a, it's a loop. It's a circle. It's infinite if it's done properly but as soon as that chain is broken and we skip uh, if we skip the others and begin to serve ourselves then that chain is broken and it doesn't work it becomes dysfunctional and we we have worry and dread and fear and that's not what god has for us and this was just a short list of how we should pray uh, but our prayers should include uh, respect and honor for god uh, seeking him because of who he is not just because of what he does for us, but because of who he is, they should serve or consist of confession and, and getting right with God, making sure that we uh, have that relationship, that father-son, father-child relationship that we're supposed to have. Uh, they can, should consist of praise and thankfulness to God and then uh, supplication for others and for us as we need. But this is, is a recipe for good prayer that is going to be answered. And uh, again, this is not always going to be something that's answered immediately. Uh, some of these things are going to have to be prayed for over and over again. I think it was Daniel uh, sought, sought an answer and 
And uh, Gabriel came to him and basically tells him, I would have been here sooner except Satan was, was fighting me. Um, so we understand that the devil is working against all of this, but uh, sometimes the answer isn't no, sometimes it's wait. And I really believe that's where we are with the building is God has not closed the door. He's just having us wait until we are uh, ready, until it will bring honor and glory to him and, and until it will do the most good. And so we just need to understand and seek his face and be ready to walk through the door when we need. Um, that was hopefully a short lesson, but we'll, uh, we'll pray and then we'll be dismissed for tonight.